Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Hey, we're going to be continuing our series called Stumbling Blocks today. So if you have a Bible, open up to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, and we're going to, that's where we're going to kind of camp out and spend a majority of our time. Um, we've been in this series called Stumbling Blocks, and, and what we've been evaluating, what we've been trying to identify is there is a life that, that God desires for you. There is an abundant life. John 10, 10 says, the thief does not come to, but to steal, uh, except to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that you might have life, everybody say life, and that they may have it more abundantly. Like that is the life that he desires for you. However, if you've lived any amount of life, you know that there are some things that sometimes you're involved with, sometimes the enemy throws at you, uh, that get in the way of you fully stepping into that life that God has for you. And so we're going we're gonna to jump in. Pastor Preston, we've, we've talked about uh, fear over the course of this series. We've talked about pride, uh, ignorance, insecurity. And, and last week, Pastor Preston uh, informed us all that the series is kind of taking a little bit of a shift. Last week, we talked about money. And um, there, how many of you know there are some stumbling blocks that we all hate, right? Like we're like, I hate fear. So we're excited about talking about fear. How do I get over that? How do I overcome that? Um, but then there are some things that like are, are kind of like, they're good things that we enjoy, but like if we don't have them in check, they can also become a stumbling block. And, and I have the privilege and the opportunity to continue that trend on things that, that you're, you actually like, but we're going to talk about it today from, from the standpoint of stumbling blocks. And that is yours and my personal comfort. So today's going to be fun, all right, um, and uh, it's going to be good. But Genesis chapter 12, let, let's begin reading in Genesis chapter 12, and then we'll jump in. It says this in verse 1, Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. In other words, leave everything that you know, everything that's familiar, everything that is comfortable for you, and, to, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We'll pray one more time. God, thank you so much for right now. Holy Spirit, speak to us. God, I thank you for every person who made it here today, every person who's listening. God, I pray that you would speak to us through your Holy Spirit that you would challenge us, that you would encourage us, that you, can, that you would uh, shine light on some areas that you want to adjust. God, that we might fully step into the life that you have designed for each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, is anybody else like me? And you would admit that over the last couple years, couple months, maybe even couple weeks, uh, that life has maybe gotten a little too close for comfort. Do you agree? Uh, what does that mean? That, that, that means that you, you've kind of set up, you, you thought things were going well. Like you had, you, you kind of had everything set up. You had your weekly planner. Like you had everything how you needed it, how you wanted it. Um, th this was us just a little bit ago. And then we had a second baby and that threw everything off. Like all the things we were used to, like sleep aren't there anymore. And we, 
but but you, but you've had some things happen, maybe good or otherwise, that that maybe if if life has gotten a little too close for comfort, it's starting to mess up maybe some of the things that you that you have. You, have you noticed this? How much we love comfort. Have you noticed this? We love comfort food, don't we? I, I would go as far as to say that you probably have somewhere in your house something stashed somewhere your spouse doesn't know about so that you can only eat it all by yourself. In our house, you'll find chocolate in the most random places, okay? But, but now my daughter's learned to climb on things and she gets into everything. But, but you've got comfort food, don't you? There, there, there comes a point in my life, uh, in our life, where we start buying things uh, simply because they're comfortable, I remember when I was when I was younger, when I was in high school, like, and I wanted a certain pair of shoes. They didn't even fit me, but I got them from a friend. They were like hand-me-downs from a friend, but I wore them anyways, just because they were cool. Now I'm like, no, if they're not comfortable, I'm not wearing them, right? Like, you you want things to be comfortable. Uh, I don't know if if maybe your experience is similar to mine, but but my wife and now. To be honest, I don't understand how my three-year-old daughter is just knows how to do this. Uh, but we go to Target, and they have to touch every single thing in Target just because it's soft. If it's soft or comfortable, they're going to touch it. Why? Because we love comfort. Y'all, I have 37 Costco blankets in my house because they're comfortable. They're also great gifts, um, but they're comfortable. We, we, we love Comfort. In fact, in fact, uh, this is how far this goes, okay? And, and some of you may think this is crazy. Some of you maybe already know this, but I, I don't know if it's exactly like that since we arced these chairs. But did you know that, that these chairs are, are strategically placed a specific distance from the one in front of it so that you have enough legroom and you're comfortable? They are actually a very specific width and a specific depth so that you're comfortable not too comfortable but but comfortable we absolutely love comfort don't we let's define comfort really quick this morning comfort is this a state of physical ease and freedom from pain or constraint it's a pattern really isn't it it's it's a way of of life it actually if we were to be honest has really become a destination of humanity isn't it that, that it actually is the goal, is the thing that we are all chasing after or longing to get to, whether we like it or not. And the, the difficult thing is that it, in a lot of ways, has become the destination of many Christ followers as well. But in reality, if we, if we, when we look across the, the totality of Scripture and we're going to do as much as we can today, what we find is that comfortable really isn't in there. It's not really a, a, a part of this thing. Look at, look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. The Bible says this, And do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hear this. Everything that you want in your life, everything you desire, everything that is that abundant life that you desire is on the other side of your comfort zone. It's on the other side of your comfort zone. See, comfort is our goal way too much of the time. And in fact, this is why we're more loud about our opinions than ever. Did you know this? 
that, that actually the louder I get about my opinion, the less I have to engage in the opinions of others. And so we find at work, right? We, somebody, somebody disagrees with us, we just get louder and louder about where we're at because we don't, wanna, we don't wanna even consider the fact that I might not be right. I, I actually maybe just remove people that have a different opinion from something that I do because I, I don't want anything to get in the way of this box that I have created. I talk to a lot of uh, teenagers and young adults and one of the big things that, that is out there, and I'm sure you've heard this, is this idea that, that truth can be different for two different people. And what is that? It's a safety mechanism. It's a coping mechanism. It's a way of providing a means of comfort so that I feel okay. And so, so we say, this is, this is my truth. And it doesn't have to be yours, but this is my, another way to say it is this is my comfort zone. This is where I am okay with living. This is where I desire to spend my time. And in fact, comfort, it could be said that comfort is actually one of our biggest fears as humanity. This is, this is why you love planners so much. You know this, right? Like this is why you plan your year, your months, your weeks out in January. This is why all of us are frustrated that weather.com can't give us more than 10 days notice of what the weather is. Because in September, when I'm on vacation, I want to know what I need to be looking for on deals now. Right? Like we love doing now. Now hear me. Like there's nothing wrong with planning your calendar. There's nothing wrong with getting ahead of your schedule. There's nothing wrong with with with, with forecasting where things are going to be in your life or in your family. But just know that it's all going to change. And in fact, the closer you follow God, the 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 more that you desire to follow Jesus wherever He goes, it's it's not going to go how you plan it. Because hear hear me like. Following Jesus means that we're what? Following him. That, that we go where he goes. That we care for who he cares for. That we talk to he, who, who he talks to. That we respond how he would respond. Okay, and, and, in, fact, and in fact, look at this. I, I, love, I love scripture because scripture just like immediately uh, takes away all of our things. But we're like, but like this. Like Mark chapter 4. Okay, Mark chapter 4, Jesus is with the disciples, and, and this is just what you, you and I need to understand and know as it relates to comfort, and I understand that this isn't a comfortable message to hear, but, but we're following Jesus. Jesus tells the disciples, he's like, hey, it's time, we're going to go to the other side. So they all get in a boat, Jesus gets in the boat, and then they go, and halfway through, the storm of all storms shows up, but Jesus is there. Like, that's just what happens, When you follow Jesus, you will find yourself in moments that are uncomfortable, in places that are uncomfortable, in positions to respond in a way that may be uncomfortable for you. In fact, I'll go as far as to say this. It's actually, it's a good sign that you might be following Jesus if your comfort zone continually is disrupted. But this is what we do, don't we? A lot of times we actually have a tendency even to come into spaces like this because we're uncomfortable, hoping that we can get something, we can learn something, that we can take something and then apply it out there to find comfort once again. But that's not actually how this ought to go. See, comfortable is not really a part of of following Jesus. In fact, sometimes God is the one who upsets your comfort just to remind you that he truly is. 
So what do you do? What do we do when we get uncomfortable? Now, I, I know today, before we go any further, I understand today that, that there are some of us in here that, that are comfortable, and this is going to hurt a little bit more than, than, than maybe we desire it to. It's, it's going to challenge a little bit more. And then there are others here today, you'd say, you know what, Isaac, I already am uncomfortable. Like, I've been uncomfortable. And my prayer for you is that through the course of this, that you might find that Jesus is a lot closer than you think he is. And that in your uncomfort, in your discomfort, in the place that you don't really desire to be, that he's with you. And that he's a lot closer than you, than you think. But you know what I've learned about, about comfort? You know what I've learned about comfortable? Like, it changes all the time. Have you noticed this also? That what was comfortable for you in a season is no longer comfortable for you? Uh, I have to admit, I threw my back out a couple months ago playing golf. Yeah, you can laugh. Like that's, it was like, I don't know if I should laugh at that or not. Yeah, you, you can, because the chiropractor laughed at me also. Uh, he's like, dude, you're too young to be in here for that. And it's like, I know, but uh, it happened anyway, so tell me what I need to do. And, and I'm in there, and, and he's kind of giving me adjustment. I literally, I kid you not, I had to crawl back to my car. Uh, didn't even play the round. It was on the driving range, so that's even worse. Um, I had to crawl back to my car. I literally fell on my couch. and was like, Audie, like, help me, right? Like, I just schedule me an appointment somewhere. And I go, and, and, and the, the chiropractor's like, hey, like, uh, hey, t tell me about the bed that you're sleeping on. Now, when we were married, and we didn't, when we first got married, we didn't have any money. Like, we got a ton of gift cards to Macy's, and we just went and bought the best bed that we could find, right? And when you're married, um, I didn't quite know how to uh, have a negotiation with my wife yet, so she won, and we got whatever bed she wanted. Okay, and so we get, we get on, and, and it's been great, but I go there, and the guy's like, hey, yeah, so um, it, it, you might need something that's a little bit more firm, a little bit more this, or you need to know that as you get older, like, your body needs different things. What was comfortable before isn't covered. So I went home, and I was like, Adi, we're, get, we're setting this bed on fire. We're getting a new one. This cannot happen. This is getting in the way of me playing golf, okay? We cannot do this. And, um, like, that was the reason, you know? Um, but it changes, it changes, and, and, and the lie about personal comfort is this, is that it'll work for a little bit. Like you can find something that will actually provide you a level of satisfaction, provide you a little level of comfort for a little while. But the reality is, is long-term, in the big picture, it doesn't, it doesn't last. And the reality is, is that if it was going to work, it would have already worked by now. And th th this, this is why... And here's the thing. This is why it, we, we bounce from thing to thing, maybe trend to trend, that we maybe have a tendency to jump from job to job, from relationship to relationship, city to city, or church even to church, because we ultimately desire comfort. But you got to understand that, that, that really, that your desire for comfort is your limitation. Look at what 1 Peter chapter 4 in verse 12 through 13 says this. And, and just hear, hear, hear the writer's voice, okay? Because this is frustrating in and of itself. Uh, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through as if something were strange were happening to you. Like just don't even, like that just, it's not strange. Uh, instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to all the world. Thank you. That was encouraging. That's exactly what I needed, right? But, but, but hear what he's saying. It's basically, he's basically saying, hey, not having comfort, uh, actually feeling uncomfortable most of the time, it's kind of par for the course. It, it, it's kind of just what you should actually 
expect to go so far and say, don't be surprised. Don't act like it's strange. You, you knew this. In fact, you're following Jesus. But, but my question today is, is what, what do you do when, when things get uncomfortable? What do you do when, when things don't go as you desire them to go? I'll tell you, for me, like, like I run to the nearest Costco blanket, you know? Like, that's what we do. We, we run to the thing that is most comfortable for us. Look at John chapter 6. Look at John chapter 6 and verse 66. The, the, uh, Jesus is going to say something to the disciples here. This is that story. Pastor Tim Ross has an incredible message on this passage uh, by itself. But, uh, but this is that story where Jesus is, Jesus is walking and there, all of these amazing things are happening. And, and Jesus actually does a teaching and he says, hey, if you're going to follow me, you must uh, drink my blood and eat my flesh. And everybody responds probably exactly how you and I would immediately respond in the moment. We're like, that, did he... Did he just, yeah, he said that? Okay, what are you, you're going to leave? Yeah, okay, I'm gonna, I was thinking the same thing. I just wanted to make sure that we heard the same thing. And, and people start leaving in droves. People are like, you know what, this is, and in fact, the Bible, the, the Bible uh, notates that they say, this is a hard teaching. This is a difficult thing to handle. This is uncomfortable. And I, I, can't, I can't sign up for this. And so they begin to leave. And Jesus turns to his disciples in verse 66. He says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked away with him and walked with him no more. Excuse me. Verse 67. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. See, in Genesis chapter 12, we see that Abram is, is told, the word of the Lord comes to Abram. He didn't ask for the word of the Lord. He didn't, he didn't seek out the word of the Lord. It comes to Abram. And, and he tells Abram, go away from here. Le leave everything that you know, everything that is comfortable, everything that you desire, everything that is so comfortable and familiar to you and go to a place that I will show you. Where are we going? I'll tell you when you need to know. When are we, when are we going to get there? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Go it. And then we see New Testament. Jesus gets on the scene and we see him go and we, he calls Matthew and he calls Andrew and he calls all his disciples. And he says, hey, uh, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In both instances, from the beginning to the end, we see that following Jesus actually looks a lot like leaving what is comfortable and I will do the rest. That actually your and my step is to seek out that which we find comfort in and leave it so that we can be near and close and follow, and follow him. H have you ever noticed this? That, that we celebrate those who step out of their comfort zones, that go beyond, yet we make excuses for why we can stay within ours. We celebrate them. We've got statues of people that go beyond. We've got books about people that stretch the limits, that, that step outside of their comfort zone and are used by God to do amazing things. And yet we sit and make excuses about why we can stay within ours. In fact, some of you are in this room right now because someone in your family went outside of their comfort zone and was used by the Lord that created a new legacy for your family. 
Many of you are in this room right now because someone at your workplace stepped out, did what was uncomfortable, shared Jesus with you, invited you into this space or into another space, and you met Jesus and your life has never been the same as a result of it. And yet, we so desperately long for for this comfort. And, and, and hear me, please, please don't feel guilty or, or, or attacked. Uh, the, the reality is we all want comfort. Okay, so all, all of us in this room can agree, like we all want comfort. We just got to understand that it and him are often on different paths. You see, because calling and comfort really don't go together. Calling and conviction really don't go together. Calling and accountability really don't go together. Calling and truth really don't go together. Calling and faith really don't go together. You see, it would have been more comfortable for Noah to stay at home and not build the ark. It would have been more comfortable for Abram to stay at home. It would have been more comfortable for Moses to stay in the desert, for David to stay in the fields with his sheep, for Gideon to stay in the press, for Elisha to tread his fields, for Peter to stay in the boat, for the disciples to stay with their families where they had businesses already set up, for Preston to stay in Dallas, for, for you to save that money instead of tithing or giving to that ministry or giving to that, that cause. It would have been more comfortable for you to stay at home even today. It would have been more comfortable for you just to, just to watch what goes on up here rather than getting involved. But comfort in following Jesus really don't, don't, don't go together. Yet eternal security, yes. But comfort, it's kind of it's hard to find. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 8, in verse 20, when a man responds to him and says, Lord, I want to follow you. He says this, and Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head know that this is going to be uncomfortable. I want to give you three observations really fast about the comfortable me or the comfortable you, if I could. And the first one is this. The comfortable me, the comfortable you is prone to apathy. It's prone to apathy. Because again, we, we do everything we can to set up this little box. And if it doesn't, fit in here we don't really want to want to do it look look at look at John chapter 5 this is a story where Jesus is walking and the Bible says that Jesus sees this man that he makes a point to go to this city that he sees this man singles him out goes directly to him the Bible says that this man has been by this pool for 38 years he's had this he's had this sickness he's had this issue for 38 years 38 years and Jesus, son of man, comes, comes to this man. And, and, and I, want you to un, I want you to see the, the dialogue between them. It says this, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Now pause. If Jesus had come to you and you had an issue for 38 years and he said, do you want to be made well? well how would you respond? Or how would you think you would respond? That's probably a better way to say it. Of course, absolutely. Where do I sign? Do you have rope already? Do you have a sled? How are we getting there? Do you have a wagon? How, there, whatever you need. Is there more of you? Can you carry me? Like how strong are you? Like we'd start figuring it out or we would think we would. That, that would be our desire. That, that would be what we'd, how we would hope we would respond. That if somebody came and offered and said, hey, I can help you, you'd say, of course, 
Let's do this now. How about now? Now or next week? What's better for you? Because I'm in both ways. And, but, but, but look at the way that the man responds. It says, this sick man answered him, sir, I've got nobody to, to put me in the pool. Uh, in fact, when the water is stirred while I'm still coming, another steps down, steps down before me. I, I, don't, I don't really have anybody to help me. Do you, do you hear? He's given up. There's a point at which it becomes, hey, enough is enough. Tried too much. This is too, this is too uncomfortable for me. This is, this is too much. And, and, and this man has actually grown comfortable with his condition. And here's the issue with comfortability. Is a lot of us, even as we're listening to this right now, are trying to identify or maybe trying to sort out the things that we maybe are holding on to that are providing comfort for us. And many of us are going to some really great things. But I'd like to submit to you today that anger is also one of those things that we hold on to in comfort because at least we know how to manage it. Impatience is actually something that we hold on to and it provides us a little bit of comfort because at least we know ourselves. At least I know what to do when I feel impatient or when I feel angry. At least I know where to go or who to talk to or who not to talk. At least I know me. But when I fully surrender my life to the Lord, when I fully give everything to Jesus, like that's new. And new is what? Uncomfortable. Change is what? Uncomfortable. And there's this new learning process that I'm going through in my relationship with the Lord as I step out and I follow him into places that I don't know. And so we, we sit. We would rather sit and be than follow. And in fact, many of us then have a tendency to merely watch others follow Jesus than to actually follow him ourselves. The second thing, the second thing that the, un, or that the comfortable me does is the, the comfortable me is seriously indecisive. Seriously indecisive. Have you, have you noticed this? Uh, look, look at what the Bible says in James chapter one and then we'll, we'll jump in. But it says, my brethren, count it all joy. There we go again with that like encouragement that doesn't really like make a ton of sense. When you fall into various trials, uh, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect Work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, hear this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with not doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. What does this look like? Pros and cons lists? No, nah, just, that just hit a lot of people right there. You're like, geez, I was actually making a list in my notes right now. But it, this looks like trying to evaluate, right? We do this. Trying to evaluate. I, I, feel like, uh, I feel like God is asking me to step out and, and maybe consider this new opportunity or, or to consider this with our family or to consider this job or, or this, this house or, or whatever the case may be. And, and so we, we start deciding and we feel like the Lord is leading us in an area, but, but we start doing all the math and it really doesn't make sense. And, and so then we're, we're, okay, well, let's look at the other side of it. What if I do that side? And, and, and what if I, okay, and, and, and our lists are really to help show us which side is going to be most comfortable? And whichever side has the longer pros list, we're like, okay, that's the one. 
It's going to be more comfortable. But you know what I found following Jesus? Okay, and I'm sure some of you have found this, but even more than I, uh, is that, that following Jesus, generally the option that makes the least sense, sometimes is the one he's asking you to do. When we moved to Arizona, we had no family here. My wife didn't have any connections here. It would have been so easy for us to stay in California. She already had a job in California. We had friends again. No, Arizona, but it's hot. Like, there's nobody there. Like, what? It's a desert. Are there people there? I don't know. <laughs> Go to Arizona. Generally, following Jesus, like, like the thing that doesn't, doesn't make sense, and, and really even that statement in of itself, does this make sense? That, that, that's what comfortability sounds like. Oh, this makes sense. Oh, this is, this is comfortable. Oh, this is going to work out. I, I, could see, I could see how the dots connect here. But we, we compare two opinions in order to determine, I wonder which one is most comfortable. Not, not realizing that in the process of following Jesus, when you say, God, I, I, feel, I really feel like this is the decision that you're asking me to make. So we're going to do it. And we're going to step out in faith. If you even get it a little wrong, do you even realize how gracious and present God is to just make things work out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose and doing everything they can to follow him the best that they can? But we just, I wonder which one's gonna be most comfortable. And the third thing is this. The comfortable me is convinced that I must look out for me, that it's my job. That it's actually my responsibility to make sure that my stuff is taken care of, that, that, that my bills are even paid, that, that, that my kids are protected. That, that this, like I, I heard somebody the other day saying, like, like, you lock the doors and you think that that does anything. Right? Like it was a comedian talking and all this, and I was like, actually, that's kind of true. Like I put the bar down like in my sliding glass door and think that, man, I did it. You know, like that's it. It's like, ah, it's not, I don't know if that really did anything. You know, but we think that it's our responsibility to keep all this stuff. Protected. Look what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6. Look at the birds of the air. For neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Philippians 4, 19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The uncomfortable me is convinced that I must look out for me. Uh, but what's on the other side of your comfort? Really quickly, four things that are on the other side of your comfort zone. When you, in fact, take the step that Jesus is asking you to take, the risk that Jesus is asking you to take, do the thing that you know he's, he's asking you to do. What, what are the four things that you can expect on the other side? Looking at Abram's life, Genesis chapter 12. The first is adventure. Adventure. And again, we love this in our TV shows. We love this in other people's lives. We lo I love hearing the camping stories of other people, but I will never in my life camp. I'll tell you, Pastor Brad's been trying to get me to camp for like six years of me being here. And we'll do it one day, you know. But we love it in others. But you got to understand that adventure is on the other side of your comfort. Adventure. Look, look at Genesis chapter 1. Or chapter 12 and verse 1, it says this. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. Get out of this land. Get, leave everything that is familiar, everything that is comfortable. And you have to understand that the abundant life that God has for you is on the other side of your comfort zone. Because hear me, he is a God of movement. 
He's moving. Uh, he, he, he's going places. He's, he's got things to do. He's either moving on the hearts or minds or actually physically. He's moving. And if you and I are going to follow him, it's going to mean that we're going to follow him. That there are going to be some places that we wouldn't have found ourselves. That in fact, if we would have known ahead of time, we would not have gone. Because God is, he really has a horrible track record on giving directions ahead of time. Like he's not great about it. And, and I wish, like hear me, my wife, when, she, when we do directions, okay, this has caused many an argument. Um, we get in the car and we'll, we're going somewhere. And the last time this happened was on our way to a wedding. And, and she just, she's got more faith in Google Maps than anybody. And she'll just, I'll be like, hey, can you type in the directions? And she'll just type it in. Won't check to make sure that it's like, actually the right place, you know? And, and so, like, she just has all the faith. Like, no, I just, I put in the address. It says turn right, right here. And then there have literally been times we've gotten to the end of the direction. And I'm like, this is so not it. We're like 45 minutes away, you know? Like, it's like, this is not, can you just check to make sure that the end, but that's how, that's, that's what we all like, right? We all like to know that, okay, I'm supposed to turn right, right here, but ultimately, how am I getting there still? Ultimately, I, I still got to, I understand, leave this place. Okay, go here. Okay, great. But like ultimately, like how many years until we get there? Is this the business that's going to get me to, God, God am I going to lose anything in the process of me going from here to there? No, just step out. Just follow me. Just, 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 just follow, follow me. He doesn't necessarily give directions ahead of time. He doesn't necessarily tell you when. He doesn't necessarily tell you where. He never doesn't necessarily tell you how it's going to happen. He just says, follow me. And I kind of don't like the stories in the New Testament where Jesus says like, hey, follow me. And they're like, cool, dad, see ya. Business paid for, like we're good. See you too. Don't need it. Actually just like, like the way that the Bible outlines that story even is like the boat is just still in the water somewhere. Have you ever noticed that? Like it's just like still there. It says they left their nets and their boat immediately to follow Jesus. And like, what do you just, well, why don't you just drive the boat in? Like that'd be faster. Like why swim? Like that's not necessary. Okay, but like this is what we do, right? Like this is, but I, and they just left. They're just, all right, cool. This is where we're going. It's just how, but there's adventure on the other side of your comfort zone that you could only imagine. Second thing is this, blessing and favor are on the other side of your comfort zone. Genesis chapter 12 and verse two, the Bible says this, and I will make you a great nation. Go to the land, get out of your country, leave everything that's comfortable, leave everything that's familiar, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. You see what I've what I've noticed about about comfort is again comfort me it, like it's me trying to hold on to all of these things, only to realize that in in all of Scripture God says you go, I will do the rest. But the comfortable me is trying to evaluate and like okay I'm going to run all the numbers and I'm going to make sure and that's great. I'm just saying again understand that oftentimes that and Jesus are on different paths. But there is blessing on the other side of your comfort zone. Why? Because on the other side of your comfort zone, you have no idea what's going on. You have no idea what's coming. And Jesus does. And he's with you. And actually, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And actually, he does have all things under his control. Like, he is it. And so you don't actually have to provide for yourself. You don't actually have to make this happen in and of yourself. You just follow him and trust him. 
And the Bible says that I will make you great. In the, in the New Testament, Jesus calls the disciples. He says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There is blessing and favor on the other side of your comfort zone. In fact, it's, it's, if it's good, if anything in life is going to be good or awesome or a part of that abundant life that Jesus has for you, it's going to cost you something. And most often it will cost you your comfort. But blessing follows obedience. He's a God of movement and you have got to move. The third thing is this, purpose. Purpose is on the other side of your comfort zone. True, lasting, like I know what I'm here for. I know what I'm doing. Purpose is on the other side of your comfort zone. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, watch this, in you all the families of the earth shall be Blessed. You see, your purpose is revealed and made known in your progress. That actually the longer that you and I stay where we are, the more difficult it's going to be to answer that question, what on earth am I here for? But you know what, you, you know what happens? The, 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 the quicker that you step over that stumbling block of comfort and begin to follow Jesus into the unknown, follow him in the grocery store and say, God, like whatever you want to do, follow him at your work. Follow him in your neighborhood. Follow him wherever you go. The more you'll start to see, oh my gosh, like God's, God's want me to do this and God's given me opportunity to help in this area. Oh man, like man, I wonder if God wants me to do this. And oh, that, that person, like there is purpose on the other side of your comfort zone. And lastly, the fourth thing is this. On the other side of your comfort zone is ultimately him. Ultimately him. See, comfort is not something you attain or produce. Comfort is a person that you get to know. No matter how much you think you can attain it, no matter how, whatever the number is that you've assigned, when I get to this number, I'm going to be good. It ain't going to last. No, no matter what happens, no matter what you try to orchestrate, no matter how much you try to plan, like it just rains when you're on vacation sometimes. You, you, you can't ultimately attain it. And again, the lie of comfort is that it will work for a little while until it doesn't. And then what? But you've got to understand that he is on the other side of your comfort zone. Look at this, John 14. And I know we don't like this, and I know we don't like this, but John 14 says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Other translations say another comforter. And he may abide with you forever. Hear me. The fact the Holy Spirit's job is to comfort, is all the proof you need to realize you can't ultimately do it for yourself. It's his job. It's actually, why is it? Jesus says, it's good that I go away. It's good, because I will send you the comforter and he will be with you. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3 through 4. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in, our, in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those. How? Because of Jesus. Because his presence is with me. Because when I walk into my workplace, 
I'm carrying the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I know that if anybody lacks anything, that I've got the answer to what they need. That I see that person across, across the room at the grocery store and I can tell that something's off. And the only way I'm able to provide any sense of comfort is because I know the one who holds everything in his hand and I can go and I can do anything that I possibly can to talk with them and share the love of Jesus with them. Because the Holy Spirit, it's his job ultimately to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted. But hear me, he, the Holy Spirit, cannot comfort the comfortable. He can't. And for many of us in this room right now, like you have tried far too long to do the Holy Spirit's job for him. And I'm like, submit it, like he's better at it. He's more consistent than you are. He's more consistent than I am. He's more present than I am. He's got more access and more reach than I do. Jesus never promised that life would be comfortable, but he did, however, promise communion with the one who is comfort. Hear me, life is gonna require a risk. It's gonna require a step. And whether you're eight or 80, there's still more for you to do. There, there's, there's still reason why you're here. There, there's still something that God desires for you. There's still legacy to be built. There's still purpose on your life. And there's still, there's still time that he desires to walk with you and talk with you and lead you. But it's going to require risk. It's going to require a step, not one that you can calculate, not one that you can make make sense, not one where you can like do all the pros and cons and it, it fits in your little box, but it's gonna take, it's gonna take, this doesn't make sense, but I feel like the Lord's asking us, this doesn't make sense, but I feel like God's asking us to do this. This doesn't make sense and this is kind of weird, but I feel like that, 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 that lady at the grocery store, I feel like she needs a word of encouragement. I feel like I should pay for her groceries. I feel like this should happen. And this doesn't make sense. This is gonna be weird and people are gonna ask a lot of questions, but I just, there's a risk, there's a step. And look at this, I, I fully believe this is why in Psalm 23, and we, we're done. Psalm 23, many of you know this passage, but Psalm 23, the Bible says this, that, that Psalmist David is writing. And look at, we, many of us have read this scripture. You don't even have to follow Jesus for a long period of time and you've got this scripture somewhere. Many of us know this, but, but I want you to see something that that for the first time I saw in a different light here, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, comfortable. Places of comfort, places where there's rest. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not very comfortable, not where I have, would have planned myself to be at any given time. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they what? They comfort me. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. You, you can't afford to try to do it on your own any longer. He is comforter and on the other side, of your personal comfort on the bubble that you try to create, on the attempts that you've tried to make to make everything make sense. On the other side of that is really the lasting comfort and security that you can only find in him. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes if you could. 
So what? What do we do? What's the response? Okay, cool. I don't really like this, but if I'm going to do it, personally, I feel like there, I feel like there are three, three situations here. I think many of us, some of us in this room right now, even as we're talking, where the Lord comes to Abram and says, leave, leave the familiar. Now, I'm not telling you to sell your house. I'm not telling you to move. I'm not telling you to do any of that. but I feel like there are some of you in this room right now that you know the risk that the Holy Spirit is asking you to take. You know the step that God is asking you to take. And, and for some of you, it maybe has been a step that he's been asking you to take for months now to go to that counseling appointment, to have that conversation, to pick up the phone and, and call that person, to finally step over bitterness and begin to forgive that person for what happened doesn't make it okay, but it just means that you're done holding on to it. Some of you in this room, you know the step that the Holy Spirit is asking you to take. For all of us in this room, there is a step. But I believe that there are some who you, you know exactly the step that the Holy Spirit is asking you to take. And today is your day to make a commitment to him and say, I'll do it. God, whatever you ask, I want to be with you. God, I want to go with you. I want to be led by you. I want to follow you. And I understand that that's going to be uncomfortable at times, but... I'd rather be uncomfortable with you than comfortable, than think that I'm comfortable and miss out on what you desire for me. Second person is this. There, there are some of you in this room who say, you know what, Isaac, I am uncomfortable and it's been extremely difficult. And my prayer for you today, my desire for you today is that you would see that actually where you are right now is closer to him than you think that he is right there with you, that he is comforter and he is with you. His hand is on you. He loves you. He cares for you. He sees you. And though it's not comfortable, God of all of heaven and earth is with you. And that maybe today you might find a little bit of peace in knowing that. And the third thing is this. I think that there's a maybe some in here today in, in repentance actually is, is a thing for you. So, so some of you actually, your, your step today is actually to say yes to Jesus for the first time. Jesus has been running after you. Jesus has been coming after you. He's been showing up in ways in your life that have kind of started to upset some things and make you uncomfortable. And that's kind of on purpose because he's trying to get your attention. He's trying to lead you. He's trying to walk with you. And he's actually got better in store for you. And today your step is to say yes to Jesus. But there are some, and you've been trying far too long to do the Holy Spirit's job for you, for him. And it's time you relinquish your job title of comforter and allow him to do what only he can do. So we're gonna take a moment with your head bowed and your eyes closed and I'm gonna pray and Rachel's just gonna play. And I just want you with your head bowed, eyes closed, just, just to ask the Holy Spirit, just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. The word of the Lord came to Abram. He wasn't even asking for it. But the Bible says that if, if you seek, you shall find. If you ask, the door will be open to you. So in this moment, I just want you to just ask the Holy Spirit, say, God, speak to me. God, what is it? What's my step? God, in what ways have I been trying to do your job? Holy Spirit, in what ways have I been trying to do your job for you? And I've actually made more of a mess. God, is there a step, a risk that you're asking me to take? Make it obvious today. And Pastor Brad will come up here in a little bit and, and close us out. But God, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. 
that is here. God, I thank you that when you show up, you speak. It's what you do throughout all of scripture. When you show up, you talk. So God, I thank you that even here now, in this moment, Holy Spirit, you're speaking. I ask that you would make it obvious to each and every one of us the risk that you're asking us to take, the step that you're asking us to take, the ways in which we've been trying to step over you to do your job. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that is also present in every word that comes from your mouth. And God, I pray more than anything that every person in this room would sense your presence. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.